It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Just the three of us. Yeah, we can, can make, make it blah. You, you, and I. Hey, did you get me water? And coffee? I got Eddie water. I got you coffee. I said I wanted a water, too. Coming right up. God damn it. I can't work like this. Where's the fucking controls? We're in... By the way, listeners, we're in the shitty room today. We're in the... We, there's there's a few rooms here at Play Dot Shit. We have the main room <laughs> where, you know, Seth... You can get to Seth, the... You know, he's Mr. Producer. I think I saw him. I think Yeah, I Seth Neiman. Him. He's a Jew. Right. Oh, wait. Where's my... Where's the bell? We're in front of you. And right. uh, this is the Jew bell. I, I, I heard t- the Jew bell. Yeah. Before. Okay. And uh, so now it's like I get pushed to the shitty room. Like if who's in the who's in the main room? Well, Patrick. It was Olivia. Now it's Marina. Oh, Marina, Marina Franklin. I've been doing comedy longer than her. That I, I'm gonna scream at Marina on the way out. I love her. All right. Anyway, yes. so um, welcome to Kill Me Now. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're here. And you know what's the best part of the show, Eddie? What's that? Is that um, Hennessy isn't here. Hennessy's getting me water. So we have <laughs> Is like that the best part of it. We have two. Uh oh, here he comes. Oh, okay. oh shit. Okay. It was um, really fun. Wasn't that it? Time. We I, had so much fun. I laughed. Were, I cried. Oh my god. So today's guest, like I have to say. <laughs> Last week uh, we had Patty Rossborough on. Very fantastic. And it, it, this guest is from the same era of my life. I have known him for thirty. I would s- thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. And it's the feeling you have with someone like that versus. A newer comic. There's nothing. It's it doesn't even compare. Yeah, it must be in- interesting to interview. Yes, a younger comedian right. that you don't really know that you don't have a history with. Right. That you don't know their soul. Right. Right. We yeah. know each other's souls. We've seen each other in the fucking. <laughs> Eddie yeah. has seen me in the worst circumstances. <laughs> I knew but you were going to bring that. I up. know, but Eddie Brill is here, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. Eddie Brill, Hooray. welcome to Kill Me Now with Eddie Brill. I'm the host, Judy Gold. Yes. Um, Patrick is on the board and. 
is here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thanks, everybody. Eddie, I'm so excited. I know. I love it. I wanted this to do it so bad. And then we I know. Did some other show, and I said, I want to be on your show. I know. And, and then, you know, it takes fucking forever. It's like, I oh, do it. I can't do yeah. it. I have my thyroid. Today's my kill me now. I just want to say, you know, I think I have bad luck. I might start a blog of all the bad luck. Right. So I go to get my thyroid scanned. And oh. you know how you go in a waiting area? And yeah. they have the lockers, and there's all these women. I go to like NYU Women uh-huh. Langome, yeah, yeah. so it's all women. When, when right. You you have to get changed and put on the paper right. dress. And put so they the uh, you put your belongings <laughs> in, in, the in the locker, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm done with my scan, and I go, and of course my locker's broken. So then they're like, oh well, we'll get the the master key. Then the master key doesn't work. Oh. So I just now it's at the point where I just go, okay, I'll just wait for the fucking whatever the fuck I did <laughs> in my fucking past life <laughs> to. Uh-huh. Fucking end, the, you know. It's like you don't, know, Eddie. I get on a treadmill, it's broken. Then I go to the. It's like every fucking thing. Well, you should know that in advance now, and then use yeah. that to your advantage. Well, I don't scream and curse anymore and cry like oh. So they they finally opened it and uh, I left. But there was a woman who had an interpreter with her. She spoke, only spoke Spanish, and she went behind she the curse? curtain. No, she went behind the curtain to change, like literally a curtain, and you hear her go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and what did her interpreter do? I know, nothing. She the went, went yeah. She went, Berp. 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 And then there was another. It's just like, it's, I don't know, whatever. Right. Um, but I did get my, um, I went to the, I had a stress test today. Yeah, are you less stressful now? No. So yeah. I do the stress test and she goes, well, you know, you did a little uh, uh, less time than you did last time. You know, I did like two minutes le- less up the hill because I started so getting she's giving of- you stress. Well, I was like, now I want to fucking kill myself. Like, I want to kill my... I'm like, fuck! I did fucking less time! And yeah. I said, what goes, is That's it? That's what we want from yeah. you. Exactly. I said, what Give is it? Give it to me. Give yeah. it to me. <laughs> I said, what is it? And, and I, you know, because I work out all the time. Because they start talking to me like I never work out. Well, you'll build up. You don't understand I'm not building up. I'm built. <laughs> I'm built. I'm past built. I'm right. Peter built. So uh, she gives me... I said, it's the weight. And she goes... Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Fucking weight gain, man. What for, is is the cause of your stress? Is that no? It's the cause of my heavy breathing after nine minutes up a hill, right. rather than eleven or twelve minutes up yeah. a hill. Well, it's what is the thyroid? T- when, once you learn what's going I'll on, I'll get my thyroid results today. Okay. Hopefully, all right. Well, you know they go on my chart and they can put the things in, and they might do it tomorrow. Yeah, all right. <laughs> from your luck, they would be a week. Oh yeah, two weeks. It, they, it went. The yeah. machine broke, and they lost everything. That'll be what happened. Anyway, uh, Eddie Brill is here. Eddie Now, Eddie and I, well, Eddie, by the way, um, you know, I do a lot of research on people. I, I did a little bit on you okay. because I knew there was so much for us to talk about. But I know a lot about, I know that you were born in New York, but you grew up in Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, Florida. Florida. Single mother? Um, no. Well, not, well, not, not in the right beginning. Away. Right. Yeah. My parents got divorced and we left Brooklyn because my stepfather, Irish Catholic, my mother, Egyptian Jew. 
Right. So they were wow. fighting each other. But your, they were fighting. your birth father was a Jew, right? Um, kind of, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm very, you know, I know you're, you have, you're very bell Jew heavy on your pe- podcast. <laughs> right. But I'm not as religious as you no, or I, most Jewish people. No, I know that. I didn't really grow up with, I had a little bit of Jew. I had I a know, fake bar I, mitzvah and right. all this stuff just because I wanted to. <laughs> it reminds me of that Breaking Bad guy who would yeah. ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Wait, but you went to, uh, I think Corey Caney's not talking to me. What? Yeah, what? I don't know, wouldn't see because. That. All, right, all right, this is a thing. Tell me how bad I should feel. So right. Corey invited me to Rufus's her son's bar mitzvah, right? And I'm the first one. Like my mother was Miss Manners, you know. I'm the first one to go. They didn't RSVP, but well, I didn't RSVP. I totally forgot. And then I was traveling, and I'm like, I'm like one of those assholes that I would talk about behind their back. So she wrote to me. Can you guys make it? We still can make it. And I couldn't. I First of all, I ended up having bronchitis. Mm. And Ben had a basketball tournament. And I couldn't make it. Right. And I called her because I didn't want to leave a text. And I said, I'm so sorry that this is so late and that I really want to, you know, I hope it's a wonderful. And no, no response. And which I understand because she was busy at the time. Right. right. right and right. then I, I texted her because I did a gig that I wanted to recommend her for next year. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you ever worked here? And she never responded. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see why she would do that. Same thing happened to me. I I didn't RSVP her, and I wanted right. to go. I happened to be in town, and then she wrote me a note, and then I wrote back and went, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. I didn't right. RSVP you, but I'll be there." And uh, and you know, it was it was a was, was it a fun? nice time. You know, it was funny. I was so tired in the morning, and I had a card to fill out for Rufus, and I'm looking. At, I'm out of my mind tired. I had slept for two and a half hours. And I'm looking at the card, and it says Derek Rufus, blah, blah, blah. Right. So on the card, I wrote, Dear Derek. You know, happy, no way. <laughs> happy moments for Derek. And I'm thinking, I don't remember yeah, but that's Derek funny. being that's her name. That's funny, though. Uh-huh. I don't remember Derek yeah, being Yeah, Derek name. Rufus. Yeah, and then I realized later, and then she's probably, I haven't heard from her since either. She's yeah. probably like, Who the fuck is Derek? <laughs> <laughs> no one calls him Derek. Derek. Yeah. Well, that um, makes sense. I mean, she put it on the invitation. Yeah. So. No, it. Right. Uh, yeah. But she just, You're not Jewish. Me, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. But, so but, your mother so, was an Egyptian my, Jew. Right. Well, and everyone your birth, was Jewish. Right. Everyone so in the your world blood, was Jewish. Your blood is Jew. No, you can't have Jewish blood. Jewish. Your G- DNA. Your right. fucking DNA. Ding, ding, ding. Right. Correct. So if you did twenty three in me, right, it would be Jewy. Right. A- and Iraqi or something. Some Persian. 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 Hungarian, Egyptian. I'm Hungarian. Yes, Russian. Yeah. German. All right. So you're a mutt. I'm okay. a mutt. Okay. So, so I step, didn't really grow so up. So they just, got to, your re, your birth parents got divorced right. at what age? Uh, at my what yeah. age I was? Okay. Yeah. 11. Just before my, they, I found out around my 11th birthday. And had you any idea? Um, A little bit. And at the same time, there was a song by Sonny and Cher, who I was totally in love with. Yeah, Cher. me too. And it was "You Better Sit Down, Kids." It was called. It was about her describe him and her describing uh, a that, divorce that, that's coming up. Wait, so, sing it. You better sit down, kids. I'll tell you why, kids. Your mother and I, kids, don't see eye to eye. Oh, I remember Mod- this. Modulate. Yeah. Oh, wait. Patrick will make sure that we, you know, get that cut out. Yeah, you'll pay for it. All right. All right. That's right. Now, please. I sang too many words. Yeah. Yeah. So, Change um, the words. Were, how did that affect you? Um, it was weird because I grew up kind of without my parents in a way because they were very young and I sort of raised them. Right. How old were thing. they when they had you? Uh, 20. So yeah, that's were, really young. Yeah, they were young. And I mean, and then you hit 20 and you think, 
Oh my! I couldn't I, have I, a kid. I, 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 what I would, the fuck? I couldn't I, even take care I, of. My, I yeah. couldn't think of one now. But right. I do have one. Right. But, but <laughs> I, uh, I. But it's it. They were kids, and then my father wasn't around very much, and my what mother did he was do? working all the time. Electronics, wholesale. You know, Crazy Eddie. Yes. Well, Crazy Eddie's father used to have elect, uh, Eddie Antar is his name. Right. And then I forgot his fa- father's name, Norman Antar, something right. like that. He owned. Uh, uh, store. My father worked for him. Right. And my father worked for My father was an incredible baseball player in Brooklyn. Right. He was a superstar. He oh. was going to be on the Philadelphia Athletics. He oh, met wow. my mom, fell in love. She, Boom. Her father said, no, you can't be a baseball player. You can't provide for my daughter if he only knew. And then, uh, and so he got a job in my grandfather's we, business. You, that generation thwarted Horrible. so many dreams. Yes. Yeah. You know? My it's father like, regretted it his whole life. He oh, I'm like, sure. Because they got I, divorced and he, you know, he, Mickey Mantle loved him and Gil Hodge. All these oh, great, my father's nickname was Yogi. Uh, because he was the, one of the best catchers in in uh, little oh my you know little kid baseball. But he could have gotten a job in, in the baseball industry yes. if he hadn't. Yeah, and they offered him I think eleven thousand dollars, which oh was a lot God. of money. That's back a then. lot. Yeah, that's what and my first job. That's what it paid me in yeah. nineteen eighty four. Yeah. I guess what I get today years. for doing this. Good night, hey, folks. Good night. I'm, hey. Good morning. Ding, 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 ding. Wait. All right. So that marriage ended, but you... So now my mom met this guy. And, and any siblings? She was totally in love. I had a sister at the time. Right. And it was just me and her. My and mom older? Met, uh, younger. Younger. I'm the oldest of everybody. Right. And then my stepfather was fantastic, and my mom loved him like she never loved anyone in her right. life, and you could just see it. And So we said, let's get away was... from this ridiculous fighting between religions. and. What's his is, name? Uh, James Patrick Aloysius McNicholas. Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, my God. Aloysius? <laughs> yeah. you could You're make... full of shit. Uh, well, that's true, too. Uh, <laughs> is that his no, name? No, that's his name, Patrick yeah. Aloysius wow. McNicholas. Holy um, shit. And where'd they James meet? Patrick. They met at a bar. You know, they, my mom used to hang out with her friends right. at the bar, and then he told her he was going to marry her, and she said, no, that can't happen. You're, I'm married. And then, like, six weeks later, they were married. Ha, ha, ha. No were, way. Yes. And she's, like, 31 years old. Yeah. So she's really, and she loved him like crazy. And then we moved all of us to Florida, and they, they, she got pregnant with him, and twins were about to be born. We moved to Florida in August of 1970. In February uh, of 1971, twins were born. No way. And then a couple of years later, my little baby brother was born, and my stepfather got cancer. And he was only, he died at 37. No. My little brother never knew him because he, you know, died. He got cancer when my brother was born. So I've raised everybody, all five kids. I'm the oldest and raised everybody. I, my stepfather died in 1975. Was that horrible? Horrific. Because we moved everyone from Brooklyn where we knew everybody. Right. Family, friends. Do you, you remember know. being in Brooklyn? Yeah, I do. I'm writing a book. I've written over 200 stories. Wow. And I've not only have I, do I have a re- really weird, great memory, but also I've been calling some of these people from the old days. Right, and right. Getting stories and oh, filling wow. in little details. And I went to Brooklyn on Mother's Day recently, because recently that's my mom, and to go to Sorry. her favorite Chinese restaurant right. and order, <laughs> you know, yeah, of course, <laughs> right. and order lobster Cantonese. Ding, no. And uh, that's my mom. <laughs> you can tell how not Jewish we were. Yeah. You just dinged and, uh, yourself. Yeah. And uh, so it was fun. And it was fun to go back there and we got to see the old house, which nice. is t- tiny. Yeah, I know. It's so weird to go back and you're like, yeah. I thought this was the biggest thing in the entire world. I felt like I was, yeah. you know, the giant from Jack right. and the Beanstalk. And I'm like <laughs> shaking the guy's hand with my thumb and forefinger. And he's like, 
Thank you, sir. But he was the guy who bought the house for my parents. Right. And it was, and it was he really let you cool go inside. We went in, and, and it was nice. Oh. You got to go in your old room. Um, he didn't let us go upstairs where the old room was. He was a little nervous, like who are these people? You know. Oh, and that's then, no. I mean, he's an old man, so he's right. like, you know, like oh, I used to live here, so I'm uh, down on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you, you're how? So wait, how old? You're like so I'm 17, a, 16, when 18. My when your father got sick, I was fifteen. All right, and then he died. I was sixteen. Right. And so okay, now don't, I was in this charge. is an enormous amount of loss for yes. a. And then I lost my sister and my brother. Yeah, how did how did that happen? My, well, my yeah. sister was an incredible singer. Right. Her, her hero, she was like Bonnie Raitt. Good. Right. She was that good. And and Shaka Khan loved her. And right. Phoebe Snow loved her. All these I people I worked Phoebe. with. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe and I became great friends. I loved her. Yeah. I worked with Michael Bolton. Got it. Me and Phoebe no. <laughs> a gig together, and it was. And her and I and her daughter were like best friends. Ugh. And, Oh, it was so good. And she said, your sister is Jody," And I'm like, yes, she's the greatest singer. We love her. But my sister, you know, got messed up with right. heroin for a while. And How and old then, was she when she passed? Um, she was 34. Oh. And then she got completely clean and everything was good. And she did it one time. That's it. And that's it stopped what, her heart. That, Geraldo. That's yeah, what it right. does. I, that's how yeah. it gets you. It's that one time after you stop. It, all right. Yeah. Uh, you don't know anything. You're 30. <sighs> You're right. <laughs> okay. So. Um, and then my brother, one yeah. of the twins, um, he had a pancreatic situation. Ugh. The weirdest thing about that was I was having one of the greatest, busiest days of my life. I was working at Letterman. I was running down the street. There was the New York first ever New York Comedy Festival. Right. I was doing a show at Caroline's with Kevin Meany and a bunch of people. And then I was going over to Carnegie Hall to work, where I had worked before once. Yeah. With Susie Essman. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I was, yeah, yay. Yeah, Jew Bell is that yeah. really? Oh, wait, Jody. Go ahead. Okay, yes. And your little brother. Yeah. And, um,. <laughs> So um, this, I have to, I'm just about to start this incredible day. I'm warming up the Letterman show. I'm being interviewed by ABC. I'm going over to Caroline's, then Carnegie Hall. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm name dropping venues. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know Carnegie Hall? <laughs> practice, practice, practice. <laughs> so um, I get a phone call. Your brother has pancreatic cancer. Now I was like, what? And now I have to go do this thing. And, hey, you know, how's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, yeah. Ding, hey, ding, 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 ding. wait, let's I do that phone bell. call. We'll do that on that phone call. Hi, Eddie. Uh, just, uh, uh, are you somewhere you can speak? Um, yeah, I'm right here. I'm fine. I'm oh, good. About I just to want... have the greatest day of my life. Oh well, I just want to end that and let you know that your brother has pancreatic pancreatic cancer. Oh, great. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, here's Eddie Brown. So anyway, two guys walk into a bar and it's crying. All right. So I hold it in. I hold it in, and I couldn't believe it because. Bill Hicks had died of pancreatic oh, cancer. Yes, that's right. And I knew him well, and it was not that long, you know, before then oh. that it happened. And I know you're gone in a second. So I get through the night, and at the end of the night, I just collapse. And I'm at Carnegie Hall, I had one of the best sets of my right, life of because course. you just have this energy. Right. And I'm like on Carnegie Hall, I'm like, and another thing. Like, right. Shh, yeah. You know, and it's going, I couldn't believe it. And I walk up the stage and I collapse. Then the next day I get a phone call. It, w it was a misdiagnosis. What? Yes. It was not pancreatic cancer. It was pancreatitis, oh. which can be cured. Right. So he was cured for a while, but then he died of a pancreatic issue. How old? And he was 35. Oh, God. I know. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. Well, um, we're going to get back to the death part <laughs> right. of the show. Um, 
so even though you went through all this shit, you um, had the wherewithal to go to college. Is that correct? Yeah, it's my mom. You went mom, to Boston. Well, was, my, you know, the, the interesting thing was I was a really good student. And, right. And, and my stepfather died, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was a really good student. <laughs> I was, I was going to take judicial law, but right. I... No, I. Uh, <laughs> but my my stepfather died. I was thirty seven, and I was like a math and science guy. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Life is too short. Right. And I was like, I would do announcing of football games, right. or basketball games. Yeah, you have a great radio, voice. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I think I want to do that. Right. Instead, so um, this guy I knew told me my uncle actually was the uh, Harry who was teaching at UMass Amherst, ding, 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 Jew. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I love it. And, and he told me about this little college, Emerson, you can be on the uh, radio right away. You know that I, I, my parents would not let me go there. Why? I got in and... Uh, oh my God, we would be I living know. together. And uh, <laughs> I got in and I really wanted to go there. And Rutgers was $2,000 a semester right. for... Um, an in-state I lived in a dorm but they're like no Emerson's too specialized you'll go to records like your brother uh, your sister and your father right go so Ugh. yeah so I just went there to do broadcast journalism right. and the first week you meet all your best friends right Dennis Leary my best friends Chris Mario Phillips and Mario was a year later oh okay which was great you know it just um, kept getting better and better and better but you started a comedy writing program there with Norman Lear. Is that yes. correct? Norman Lear had gone to Emerson. Right. And I was the class president, which was weird because I, you know, I didn't really, I don't know how that happened. I Eddie, think. you, this is the thing about you. You have resting smile face. Yes, like, you do. You, your face is always smiling. Even Perfect for podcasts. Rest, yeah. <laughs> and politics. But you have resting smile face. I'm telling you. Uh, you are like, you exude happiness and joy. You have to. I've been through so much I craziness. Know, right, 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 right. You know, so, and the, but the key really was, back to the question about going to college, is my mother was amazing. You know, she, she I say was, she just past but she was amazing and hilarious and and kept us all on our toes because she was sarcastic and really great and she said to me look you know life's too short Uh, you know i said i'm gonna stay home i'm gonna keep making money i was working three jobs for the family she goes look get out of here go do what you love make a shitload of money and then come back and help us out really so So what were your jobs while you were supporting um, I had a job at a movie theater. I had a job at an Army Navy store, an SNH Green Stamps, and a jewelry store. Nice. Yeah. So I worked all these jobs, and then I moved. And up did and your mother just took care of the eighty-five children she had? Yeah, it was a shoe. We yeah, lived in a shoe. Yeah. And uh, ding ding. Oh no, it's Jew. It's shoe. Uh, okay. Okay. Go. go ahead. And uh, so yeah, so she, you know, my sister helped, and my best friend Liz, she. Uh, helped you know as well and I, I would I had a big car fit nine comfortably right <laughs> you know and we would I take everyone no seatbelts yeah no seatbelts but I really uh, really beautiful God, you interior. were such an adult yeah I know I was adult as a kid now I get to be a kid right it's really fun Good. so you go to Emerson and you yeah. 
excel. Uh, yeah, when it was pretty pretty great. And then I was I met Norman Lear. And we had this great comedy group that was wildly successful. And just like real life, the school right. was jealous of us because we were independent and successful. Right. So they made our life miserable. So I Emerson did. Yeah, at the beginning. Right. You know the the people in charge of the theater right. department. They wouldn't let us use the theater, so we took this lecture hall and turned it into Good. an extravaganza. Then they were pissed at us and they waited for us to leave. Then they turned our little place into the main theater. No way. <laughs> yeah, they were, it was interesting during that time. So <laughs> what happened was... Because they wanted all the control. They did, yeah. and we were selling out our shows. Right. We, were, we were actually pretty funny. If right. You, even today, some of the jokes stand up, and it was really do fun. Do one, do one. Um, there was a uh, takeoff on Wizard of Oz that was Whatever Happened to Dorothy, and it was uh, all the stuff that had to do with Emerson. It was, right. a, you know, uh, the Oz was OZ, an ounce of pot. This is the 70s. Oh, that's funny. There was, there was, some, right. there was some good stuff in okay. there. And, uh, but there was some weird good stuff, too, like, you know, the, whatever happened to JFK kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, but also news worry. We had a right. news anchor thing. We, it was 1976. So it was right. just after Saturday Night Live started. And Saturday Night Live, the head writer was Marilyn Suzanne Miller, who went to Emerson, who came to our college and helped us out. Was right. in the, yeah, and she was the greatest. So I went, Norman Lear was talking to some woman, and <laughs> Norman Lykoff is probably his real name. And he, uh, she said, oh, we have this great comedy group, and she's one of the, the meanest people who was so bad to us. So I all of a sudden got this, I was so nervous, but I went up to her after she left, I go, she's lying to you. We have this thing and they're not helping us. He goes, well, how can I help? And what do you need? And I go, well, all these great graduates and you know, and all of a sudden the next day I get a phone call. What did you say to Norman Lear? And I went, I ah, said, you know, ah, help. Yeah, right. and they go, whatever you said was great because he's donated money to the school and the school's matching it. We have a comedy writing department. And it's like, oh my god! And, then and you're like, probably like, fuck you! You were so fucking mean to yeah, me. Yeah, right. Oh, I yeah. thought that, but inside right. I'm like, eh, it's great. Yeah. And then you know they made Dennis and I teach, and we right. were teachers there. I'm choking up, but not on purpose. But uh, so it was. We were running the school kind right. of thing, and we were very successful. And pe- we ha- uh, it became a place to come to for comics. So after us, Laura Keitlinger and oh uh, yes, um, you know David Cross and Bill Burr, and you know those kind of no, you know Bill Burr, no. yeah no yeah would come to <laughs> our you know uh, Jen Kirkman you know is another one uh, yeah. Who went came to school after because now right. you can go for comedy. And right. it's kind of nice that it's still I still teach there once a year just for old times. That's sake. so great. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. That's really awesome. So it's good. It, and it goes on and a lot of these comedians do very, very well and they've kept in touch with me over the years and we you know, it's it's really nice. How, it's really, you should get an honorary doctorate. Uh, that would be nice. Yeah. And then I can help you with your thyroid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thyroid. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. All right, so you graduate. And yeah, which was interesting. I graduated. Yeah. Most of my friends didn't. Dennis and I are the only ones who graduated. Right. Mario. Mario graduated. Yeah. Didn't Rosie go for, she went for one year. I didn't know She that. went to BU, I think, yeah, for one year. Street. Yeah, There was a lot of uh, college kids. So, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons and right. Jeff Ross went to BU. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so ridiculous. There's three different things it reminds me of and it's three laughs coming from three different parts <laughs> of whatever's left of my brain. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right. Um, so, so it was a very, you know, and we started, and then, we, you know, then there was like Barry Crimmins was the, you know, the genius, <laughs> you know, right. guy who started this club, and we would go work there, and, right. and everyone was great. It was like, you know, my favorite comic on the planet was Paula Poundstone, still is. Right. I and love we her. we would see her back then. I got chills just now. Right. And even Bobcat Goldthwait was one of the most brilliant yes. guys I've ever met in my life. And you'd work with these people, and they were and just, you'd watch you'd it, it like the that's what they don't do now what's that comics young comics they don't they they don't sit around and watch that's a shame because you we had to wait to go on yeah and the earlier you got there you'd hope the sooner you'd get on there they they do there are comics that do it there's it doesn't have the it's not i mean the seller has that feeling like Mm -hmm. we used to literally the bar at catch or the bar or yes. the area at the strip you're there all night with these guys right the yeah. improv even when I yeah the improv that's still happening you ride right and you go there to meet your ride it and happens you in your it doesn't happen the way it used to okay uh, no of course it's different but it is still happening in the yeah. way it happens now so you know like barry crimmins v, had this uh, ding ho in, in cambridge yeah. vp is voice probation oh i see vp we, i've just called vp patrick Okay, thank you. Oh, Patrick's on his fucking phone. Yeah. That's Voice great. Proba- uh, phone yeah. probation. Yeah. yeah. All right, so go ahead. So then, you know, I started working in the area. And then when college was over, it's like, okay, that was fun. I need to move to New York right. and, you know, stop so doing this comedy thing. And I quit, you know, stand up for a while. Right. And then you... It was an advertising writing for that. Right. Then my father gave me the opportunity to work for him. And I wasn't close with him. So this was kind of nice This to is work your with birth him. father. Yeah. Mm. And I was making some cashish, and it was fun. But and then you I, were, I was, was at the electronics, yeah, electronics yeah. store. And I and he had this store called Norman's House of Deals, and he right. was Norman, and he would make the deals. And oh, would, that's so funny! It was very, you know, and it, well, at it, least you had the bonding. Yeah, and we got very close. And in <laughs> right. the end of his life, um, he hated that I was a ca- comic. He, right, he hated it, and then he became my biggest fan. Oh, always, that's always what happens. Yeah. My um, mother always. It's like supportive. the gay kid. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Oh my God. You're the I only one. You. I love you. You're the only child. one that pays attention to me. You're, <laughs> oh, you're the, you're the nicest. All right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, you know, my, my, you know, my, and my father was funny too. Um, and real character, really fun. Well, you know. obviously, he's working with Eddie from fucking Crazy, yeah, crazy Eddie. Eddie Antar. Yeah. yeah. So you then. Uh, so we're in the mid '80s now. It's and 1984. You come to New York. Are you a I'm waiter? In, I'm in New York in 1980. Right. And I'm working first for advertising agency. Then I work for my father. And in 1984, a guy I went to Emerson with was working at this restaurant. Right. And said so they want to do comedy downstairs. And would you do it? I said, Well, I haven't done stand up, and I don't want to do it anymore. Right. But I'll I'll put it together. So I called Mario and right. uh, Colin Quinn. I right. had just met and Susie Essman and mm-hmm. all my local friends, and we all put on a show. And uh, it was really fun. And uh, and then the next week, I was like, you know, I think I want to do it. So then I did it. And then and I was like, and I haven't stopped since. Right. I ran this club. Paper that, Moon. Paper Moon. Which oh, I, I built, love that yeah, club. Built it just for comedians. We right. rebuilt the place. Right. We had a sound guy who did lights and sound. Right. Who would change the lighting when he, like, if he, he knew your bits, Judy's right. bits, he would... When she would finish the one section, the lights would subtly change to a different color, like here's her new section. Right. It was very, very creative. I loved that room. It was made for comedians. And, um, 
Yeah, it was so great. We redid the room. And then and they, you gave me a lot of spots. Yeah. I so just saw 1986. No. The, I saw a list of all the great names that right. we had there. And so the names were amazing. Even John Regie. You know John Regie? Oh, yes. He was he's there. a Big fucking time, producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the funniest people yes. I ever booked. He was a recommendation. But it was you and Brett Butler. Oh, and, yeah. And Colin and uh, Sue Kalinske, you know, uh, yeah, who I listened to the podcast yeah. with her. I love her. I love her. And, uh... Yeah, so it's a million big-time yeah. comics, you know, coming in and uh Oh, and, and I had so spots. much fun. Yeah, so that was really great. And then I got Star Search in 1986. All right. And um, Claudia McMahon, who I'm still friends with yes. all these years, is the greatest, so down-to-earth. And she saw me at the bitter end one night. Right. And I used to host the Tuesdays there. But it was an audition, and I did well. I got the show. I went to L.A. What does she do now, Claudia McMahon? I don't know. I just I talk to her almost like once a week, just like catching up with her. About and you don't that. know what she does? No, I. I should. That's you're such a guy. I, I am. I am. I'm not. I, it's funny with the stories. I've become more detail oriented, right. and now in my life, I've become more detail right. oriented. Before then, people say, "What color is is their eyes?" And I'd right. be like, "I don't remember." Right. But now I know. Right. You know what I mean? It's changed. I've gotten, right. you know. You uh, appreciate it. Appre- I appreciate because everything. Because you know what life is. <laughs> hey, hey, with the stuff and the things. All right. So, <laughs> so Claudia says you're so going to go on. You're going to be on Star Search. And I go and uh, I go against Sue Kalinske, <laughs> and who I love. And she wins. And uh, But I didn't want to leave town not doing anything. So I go to the improv and the comedy right. store. The improv, they go, we love you, but you got to move here. Comedy store said, we love you, but you can come anytime you come here, you're in. Right. So I picked the comedy store. Right. Mitzi. Mitzi. Yeah. And then in 1980, beginning of, eight, it was that was 86, beginning of 87, I became a regular there. I moved out there half the time. Right. And uh, Sam Kinison was very good to me. Right. Got me a ton of work. It's and- amazing. You know, the guys help the guys. They did. But yeah. Kinison helped a lot of female comics. Yeah, no, but it's the guys that do it. Right. It's, it's, I mean, I like helping women, you know, right. but it's true. The guys definitely. You know, like Kinison helped Felicia. Yeah. Michael's Tamayo yeah. Atsuki. You yeah. Know, uh, oh, Carrie. how is Tamayo Atsuki? I haven't spoke to her in ages, but she was hilarious. I know. Hilarity. Oh, my God. I and remember Carrie her. Snow and ding, ding, ding. So, yeah. you know, there were there. Kinnison was an equal opportunity. Yeah, lender, he was, and he was. He took care of everybody. The, yeah, he took care of the people who were he thought were really funny. Funny, yeah. And I was lucky to be in that group, and I worked every night of the week. Seven That's nights what a week. you know. People don't understand that that when we in the eighties there was so much stage time. Mm-hmm. Like I would go to happy hours. Remember the, the yeah. these bars down on Wall Street would have happy hours, uh, street fair. I mean, like I performed. We could do... I was on top of a smart food yeah. truck with a bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, now, so, ladies and gentlemen, but how we, about that language? Language. <laughs> we did. There was a lot um, in the 80s, late 80s, a bunch of us right. would do the 11 o'clock show at the Concord. Oh, yeah. Or the, the Nevely. <laughs> it's the Nevely. The Nevely. Not and, too many lines because you're going to lose oh, it. Oh, fuck pay him. All right. So, but we would drive. I'll never forget this. We'd drive to um, the hotel. They yes. wouldn't give us a room. 
I mean, or you could do the room, but it it was so smelled yeah, like get, mold. You get fifty dollars. Well, first of all, the rooms were awful. Awful. Yeah. It was Mount Airy Lodge. It was like you know, crime scene. Every right. room. Was, what about that? There was a condo in Atlanta. Remember the condo in Atlantic City at the Trop? Oh my God! I, I did it. I was only there one night doing a guest set, and I didn't want to go back. It was the creepiest. You want to know how bad it was? <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, fuck. Uh, short, oh, fuck. bald. Short, bald. His wife's name was Sylvia. He doesn't. Oh, fuck. For ten points and a chance of the God big money. God damn it! Well, we were at. We were in. We were in Atlantic City for the week, and right. the condo was so gross. It was remember it was three floors. Oh, it was uh, gross. it was horrible, it was awful. Um, I, there was what the, was his fucking anyway? We drove there and back every night. Of course, five plus hours in the car because, because you didn't I didn't want to sleep in that fucking oh, wake up God. in that fucking disgusting. I never called the guy to see if I did all right. I didn't want to go back. Oh, it was gross. It was so, horrible. We used to do these. Catskill shows and um, remember one time it's like 2 in the morning 2.30 in the morning this is when I wore those Laura Ashley dresses remember when I wore dresses because Sharon used to buy me these Laura Ashley dresses to wear on stage with my spit curl and so uh, we're driving home it's me I think Karen Lorschbau yes um, uh, Hilda and what's his name the bald guy. Hilda and the one from the, the day, you know, uh, fu- Howard Feller. Howard Feller. Okay, so we're in the car. We get a flat fucking tire on like route nothing. And there's no cell phones. Right. And so I'm like, fuck, Howard and H- get in the, f- Gilda, her name was right, Gilda. Gilda. I was wondering. H- yeah. Hilda. I said, get in the car because no one's going to stop if they see you. Broom <laughs> 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 Gilda. I mean, and can you imagine Howard's face sitting there? Oh my there? God. <laughs> so I said, get in the car. And then uh, I said, Karen had big tits, so I was like, stand outside. And I literally... <laughs> You're the director, all right? Yeah. You, you've got the hair. You get in the car. You with the tits out front. <laughs> so, I'll yeah, take my yeah. uh, my dress and lift it. Uh, so I fucking changed the tire in my Laura Ashley dress. That seemed to happen to you. That was yes. our story. Right. Wow. And uh, I, didn't get, I didn't get dirty. It was a blue and white law. I can't fucking... Anyway. You still have it? No. But... Um, <laughs> nice. It's helpful to have a dike around. Yeah. Yeah, huh? and yeah. then wait, I I told. <laughs> we're driving home, and, and Howard and Gilda were talking about. And I said, you know what, Howard, you're not allowed to. <laughs> oh my god! And he probably listened. I said, you guys are not stuff. allowed to. Like they they like were holding hands. I go, I can't deal with no. it. So <laughs> please no. And he was like, oh, oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was horrible. I remember being in Atlantic City at that thing, and there was there was a guy named uh, well Dennis Leary was there. That's how I got the guest set, mm-hmm. and a guy named Jesse Emmett. Remember oh yeah, Jesse I remember Emmett. Jesse Emmett. Uh, airplane, right, and right. All that stuff, and there was a guy like Bob, Bob Whitey or Whiteman, right, or something right, right, from right. Long Island. He was very funny comedian, and uh, and there was a guy named Adam Leslie who was a you know, big drug guy. I know him. How so, do I know him? Because he was around forever, and he right. was pretty funny, pretty yeah. funny guy. But he would get in a lot of trouble because he would party too much. Right. And, and uh, well, he had a he had a girlfriend there, right. and he was mistreating her. Like she was a piece of shit, and I stood up for her, and I said, I said, and I went to fight him, and she got mad at me. What she a said, fucking doormat! She, she said, "Don't you dare to don't get in between." I was like, it was pretty escalating right. to an evil part where I stepped in front to keep this girl from right. getting hit by this asshole, right. and she yelled at me yeah. for doing that. Well, and I'm like, I to. gotta stay out. She was scared. I yeah, mean, he I was gonna was beat scared. the fuck out of her, yeah. probably. Yeah, it was horrible. Well, you so know about that. That's what I. That's what I remember. 
That's what I remember about that gig. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to go back to Sticky World with fighting. And, right. Yeah. So one night, Eddie and I, <laughs> I don't even know where the fuck were we coming we, from. We, I know it was 84. Yeah. We were, and we were in Connecticut. Connecticut or Massachusetts, early Massachusetts. We might have been home. driving home from Boston. Right. Remember? Because we used to do Nick's or Kowloon. Right. And then at midnight, at night, we'd be like, on the road, let's go home because I want to sleep in my own bed. Right. Yeah. And we're driving home. You're driving. With right. Your nice car. And um, what happened? We hit a deer. Did we hit a no, deer? No. We, no. No, you we were a deer. A- and uh, you was a deer. Yeah. And no, we just ran out of. No, we had a flat. Flat, flat. We had a flat tire. Right. And we had to pull off in the worst section of the Bronx. It was. USA. Uh, and we were. Fuck. And it started. And, and we called Karen Larchbaugh. Will you come here? <laughs> We I said, Gilda. No, I'm kidding. We didn't call her. Um, so I'm sitting there like, and I, this was pre-working on my tantrums. And Some people work on their tans. You yeah, work on your tantrums. tantrums. <laughs> and I was so tired. The sun started coming up. And, you know, it's not about that we have to solve the problem. It's about that the universe and God is doing this to me. That I did something wrong. Why is this happening? And I'm like, that's it, and And Eddie's like "All right, no I got this I took care of it yeah no problem and we got a tow truck remember we got a tow truck and I drove with the and you know what always he had resting smiling face the entire time (laughs) well you know in my life I've had had to deal with so many tragedies right the more things get crazy the more relaxed I get right which is weird but Uh, I learned that really helps me because a lot of craziness happens at once I'm usually doing 10 things at once right. and I can compartmentalize well and if I freak out about any of them then it's my mistake you know right. it's, I it's not going to work out well if I freak right. out mm. now you did you have a girlfriend at this time at or? that time uh, I don't remember but I had a girlfriend uh, Eva Eva Destruction yes I call her <laughs> what was her last name Nadler okay there you go okay there you go by the way Eddie looked at the bell when he said Nadler yeah I was waiting yeah <laughs> There were bells you for had, the Jews you were, and you, you were, never... um, did you, you were pretty pop, you were very popular with all the comics. Like you were, you were not like I a ran clicky. A club. I, no, yeah, I, what I tried to do and was always help comics. That's my whole the life. The thing was that. that you were, and you, your whole career have been in these positions of helping. power, helping, but also the ability to, to not help. You right, but, but here's the thing. I never saw it that way. Right. Because, like, to me, I was, in my view of myself, I was a comic who got lucky and had right. these positions. Right. And all my job was to do was to stand up for comics. Like, for instance, there was the uh, Aspen Comedy Festival. Right. They put me on the board. And I'm the only comic. And it's on the head board, of ABC, yeah. CBS, right. NBC, um, all the agencies, everybody, and me. So I ended up saying, you know, these people were picking. You were the voice of the I was the yeah. voice of the comic. And I said, look, you know, they were showing me the comics they wanted to use. I go, they're not great comics. You know, these are handsome men. They're pretty women and they look great on stage, but they're not great stand-ups. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. So they're I wasn't on that list. You weren't on that list. And I wasn't on that list. <laughs> Ding. All right. Um, but no, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a situation where they were going over like, who can we make Who's a Who's going to be the hot, yeah, hot right. new? And I'm and saying you're weren't. running a comedy festival. Right. If not you want to a... run a, you know, you can do a talent thing at your own agency. Right. And they were like, no, no, we just, you know, the corporations they they want 
beautiful men and beautiful women. And that's what we have to do. And I said, but that goes, you're in that's charge. That's against yeah, everything yeah. that we do. I said, to look at England. Look at the great, right. br- brilliant shows. And it never is about looks. It's about the funniest people. Yeah, but this and, is by America. The way, <laughs> but I did do that festival many, many, many times. But, but this was at the beginning. I, was, I did, hadn't gained the weight. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're I didn't thigh, have thyroid yeah, problems yeah, then. Nice thighs, though. Uh, thank and, you. Good night, folks. Yeah, I'm out of um, here. Um, but anyway, so that's what I would do behind the scenes. And when they didn't do that, I left the board. You right. Know? Um, the same thing at Letterman. Before I was booking Letterman, Wait, I was. We're not. Uh, th- all right. right. I'm just saying. Before I did that, yeah. I would be at the desk, and Dave and I would talk about comics. Right. And he was the same way. It's like, who are the, who are the stand-ups who have great material? Right. He says, I don't care if someone's a big star. Right. I don't care if they're, you know, this kind of thing. They have this show. I want the best stand-ups. Right. The, the ones who write material in that quirky way. Right. Like Margaret liked. Smith. Like Margaret Smith. Right. Exactly. You it know, was so, so good to me uh, uh, when I was a young comic. He, I, she. I want her humble. on here. Yeah. And humble. Oh, she's the I, best. I, I told. I wanted to thank her. She said, "Oh no, it's you." And she you helped know. me come out because uh. we went. Margaret and I went to um, Chicago, and she yeah. would she would work in these lezzy bars, you know, mm. in the eighties, and and. Uh, she took me to Chicago with her, which was her hometown. She's like, you can open for me. And then we go, I remember it was the first time and I'm performing for all, and I was like, I said to her, why did they have to, there's, they were really bulldog. I mean, we're talking <laughs> like tool belt, you know, the whole thing. And this is the it was 80s. economy. Good night, folks. Oh, you're ridiculous. I, was, I thought of that yeah. word earlier and I'm like, where can I yes. save that for? So, um, she said to me, you know, Judy, when you walk down the street, no one knows you're gay. When they walk down the street, everyone knows they're gay. Mm-hmm. They're not hiding, and they're they're letting people know we exist, and you should, you know, kiss the ground. And I, that forever changed me, because so you, you know how they because you think you think of straight you like my mother or my mother's hair. Okay, it's fine, but do you have to wear your hair so short? Do you have to? Da, da, da? Can yes, you put I on do. a skirt? Yes, I Why do. can't you wear makeup? You know, like it's that kind of thing and it really she really opened my Margaret eyes. Margaret Smith I was yes. working with her opening up for Buffalo I had never met Buffalo her. Buffalo at, at the Comedy Trap comedy that's trap. where I met with, that's where I met her oh, Comedy Trap in Buffalo yeah and uh, and I'm still friends with a lot of the people who used you to... know the bartender died the one the Italian guy who was so sweet oh no Tony yeah oh no yes I went to his wedding Aww. it was hard it's horrible all right let's take a all minute right. we'll be right back we're back <laughs> Um, but it was uh, so I did my set before her and I was so nervous because I loved her comedy and afterwards she sat me down and she said look you're going so fast you're so nervous about the punchlines getting so you don't pause right when you're supposed to right you're doing an hour's worth of material in 30 minutes right and so the next night i slowed it down and then she went at me again okay here's where you were doing right that's right and she took her time and was i've got chills because she right. was so good to me right so the the point is you know we're lucky because people i was lucky because kinnison shimmel right you know people like margaret smith paula poundstone these mm-hmm. are people who took their time to make sure John Mendoza, right, uh, who took their time to sit me down and tell me the truth, right, and not just say, "Oh, you're good, nice job," right. And so you, you, well, you accepted that feedback too. Oh, I wanted, and it. that's great. That's what you. That's yeah. why yeah. you're you're good. You know, right? You, yeah, that's how you it. learn. You right. have to l- listen to feedback and listen to all feedback and take the parts that mean something to you. And right. some feedback just doesn't make sense, and that's okay. So. Cool. You're you're running clubs. You're I doing, ran that one club. Right. From okay. So you're to, doing a lot of like 
comedy related work and you're doing stand up. Right. I've always been a nurturer, obviously, right. from my brothers yes. and raising them. And I like that. Right. So I do that for comedy because, as you know, we've been put in situations oh, where please. we're treated like shit. So everywhere that I went, I made sure, like, people have no idea the kind of behind the scenes stuff that I've done at TV shows, including right. Letterman and all these other right. shows, where the, sometimes the integrity wasn't going to be taken care of. And right. I made sure that comics were treated well. And that, you know, when I first got the job at Letterman, they said, you have a comic once a month. I said, I want one every week. Right. And they said, well, once a month and we'll try it. And then I, you know, by chance, Jeff Stilson did the first one. Uh-huh. Crush, and they called me him. up. And they called me up and said, all right, you got a comic every week. And, you know, so for a while, we had a comic every week. But now you started as a warm-up for the audience, yeah, right? and did, continued you all done, the way through. Had you done warm-up before that? <laughs> yeah. Because I lived off a of warm-up. Yeah, warm-up I made a when it was, shitload of money remember on Remember Ha? Yes. There was the Ha channel. Yes. And then there was the Comedy, Comedy channel. channel. And I did warm-up for the Mo Gaffney show. Yes. Uh, who also was one of my best friends. Loved, love her. I got to meet Lily Tomlin and be yeah. friends with her because of Mo Gaffney. Right. <sighs> so, but um, I'll never forget. <sighs> and I used to, do, I used to do warm up, and they, I loved. You know, you yeah. know, I, I love the, the that's audience. What you do, right? And so <laughs> I never forget. One day, um, um, I'm doing warm up for something. I forgot what it was. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, the audience is like. Bring back Judy. Bring back Judy. Oh, I'm like, oh, no. they love me. They love yeah, me. Yeah, but still, the show's like. <laughs> so uh, we end the season, and the next season, I, I'm like, I don't hear from them. I'm like, right. so what? Um, and I called, I guess it was Nancy Geller at the time. Oh, I right. don't remember. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I said, so, no, it wasn't her. It was someone else. But Nancy Geller did tell me, you know, I, my favorite part of the day is when you come in to do warm up, but it basically they were like, it was Karen something at VH1, Karen Jew. And she, I called her and I was like, so, um, I had the seasons and they're like, well, you know, we're going to go with someone else. And they said, this is the excuse. The excuse was, you know, you do a lot of the same kind of material with the audience every. Right, like, because they're a different audience. Yeah, every, exactly. Yes, and so and it, instead of saying you're too funny, mm, you know, right, or, and the, it's a downer once the show starts. Yeah. Instead of saying that, they're like, and it just—it's like the way you say things to people sticks with them forever. And I'll never forget sitting in that hotel room after I called her. Right. And. Just be honest. Just that's what you had to do. I was a. That's the. That's the. That's the hardest. So so now. So and I will never forget that. Well, wait. I'm supposed to write a whole new act every. I mean, I'll never forget it. We did the Brady Bunch. We did all this fun stuff together, and it's it's and it's a shame. I warmed up a bunch of shows. My first gig as a warm up Mm -hmm. was crazy. And it paid a lot of money, and it was in Burbank, and it was oh, because it was the, yeah, it was across the hall from the Johnny Carson show, right? And it was Saved by the Bell. Ah, uh, <laughs> but it was <laughs> yeah, but it was a babe, it was babysitting, right. and but it was hard work because it was babysitting. Well, that when you're doing a show like that, you're yeah. there for hours and hours, right. and you don't know, and then, the, and that was they can fine. rewrite and, a scene while you're there, or yeah, they, and they yeah. have to recut it and, and re- redo. And that was okay, and it was it made it made money when I was completely broke, and I was really. Were you sending money to yes. your family at this time? I still, I still. Yeah, Saved I, by the Bell had a warm up act. Every, every, every TV sitcom show ever. has a warm up act. I yeah. really thought that was canned laughter. 
yeah. too. No, no they I were, mean, they were, you know, yeah. it, and it was, it was interesting. And then I, uh, there was a guy I went to Emerson with who was production guy there, and he got me the job there. It was great. Oh. And then when I went to New York, I got a job work, warming up the Dana Carvey show and a bunch of things like you did, Ha, and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. But then I got a, a call. I was at Letterman warming up, and I got a How'd call. How'd you get the Letterman job? Louis C.K. He was working there. He recommended me. He goes, see, he it's beautiful. At, These he, boys, the men, all, yeah. Well, he well, there's worked not at the Dana much... Carvey show. He was one, he the head writer. And right. I, you know, um, they hired me to be the warm up, and it was really a fun right. show to work. And Louis said, Hey, Eddie, they're looking for a warm up. And this was when the show first went to CBS. And I said, Nah, I'm not interested. I'm traveling around Europe, and I'm doing all this, and it would get in my way. And so I didn't take the warm up gig right away, and then or try to. And then uh, a few years later, um, it opened again, and Louis said, "Eddie, you should take this job." Right. And I did, and I did it for 17 years. The whole time I was, uh, it was amazing performing on that stage every night. Mm. I never took and it for also, granted. And also, the other, thing, you got to stay home. Yeah. And 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 when you went away, it was the w- gigs you wanted the gigs to do. I wanted it was great. That's what's the people don't understand. It's like, and I remember when I got. All American Girl. When I was mm. cast in a in a yes. sitcom, and I was like, oh, I'm never going to do stand. I couldn't wait. I mean, like yeah. I'm a stand. Like you know, you yeah. know, they used to call me the Leopard. I would do spot like 800 spots yeah, me a too. night. I used yeah. to average five to six hundred yes. spots a year. It was right before Letterman, and then that's, and it was you know, seven, eight oh, on the weekends in right. the city. You I know, seven on Friday, eight on a th- yeah. Saturday, and it was. It was such a great time. And then, you know, this is when Comedy Central started when we had, you know, Tough Crowd. We yeah. had all these shows that they were doing. And, you know, Evening at the Improv, Caroline's Comedy Hour, VH1 Stand-Up Spotlight. Right. Comedy Central had a ton of shows. Yeah. Two Drink Minimum. Um, wait, what about uh, Short Attention Span Theater? Right, with yeah. Patty Rosborough yes, and yes. John Stewart. Um, so, so they all had one. And then I got this gig at... Um, for Madigan Men, it was a Gabriel Burns sitcom, which was brilliant, smart, and funny, which means American television is not going to want it. Right. Mm. And it lasted for a season, and it was hard work, but the first episode, I mean, you know, Letterman, you do the warm-up, and there's a band, so you don't have to do, in the right. breaks, you don't have to do anything. Uh, I got to hang out at the desk with Dave and talk about ideas for the show. Right. Or bullshitting about, hey, did you see that game last night? Right, or whatever. right, right. But... The Vatican men, I had to be uh, for eight hours, nonstop, ready to go. Right. So the very first show was over, and I announced the cast, and here's this person, this person, Gabriel Byrne. And he comes out, and he says, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we work really hard. It's a long day, and we appreciate it. But the one guy that kept us going through the whole day, Eddie Brill. And I was shocked. Gabriel Byrne said that as the first thing in the speech. So it was great to work there every week because as hard as it was, the you cast appreciated, appreciated it. Yeah, he appreciated what I did, and that was huge for me. And then huge, yeah, huge, yeah, <laughs> hugely. Yeah, yeah. Remember, huge. Where can people find you on the intranet? Um, Eddie underscore Brill because somebody stole Eddie. I hate Brill that. E d d i e underscore b r i l l. No there, e. Yeah, yeah, no e. And then there's the you know uh, Instagrams and Are, all do that. Do you do the tweetar? I do now. I started yeah. when it very first started. and It scared me. I was like, right. ah! and then I stopped. But I just started again. Yeah. like around. Six Remember when we just like had it. to write all day and get on stage? Yes. And so, now we have to fucking. Yeah. I'm up all night. I was up till three or four. I writing. know. I t- I texted you. <laughs> yes, I got the call at two, and yeah. the only people that are up. Uh, yeah. Caroline Ray texted me at three thirty the other day, and she goes, "Oh, you know, we're the we're up, we're awake." Oh yeah. Tr- um, 
Yeah. Uh, Patty Rossborough texted me at 1.30 in the morning. What are those sleeping pills I should get? <laughs> I, <swear laughs> to God. I know. It's yeah. like we're all up. We're all ambling. Um, Eddie, I love you. I, I love adore you, too, you so much. Um, always have, always will. You know, I I wanted to do this show. I've heard it before. I've heard some of my favorite friends on it. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, I wanted to be one of those favorite friends. Um, well, you are. Yay. And you'll come back. And uh, wow. Um, yeah. Do we have da, da, else to say? Da, da, da. Here's our last. Um. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And as we always say, so long! <laughs> and uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.